0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time
1: to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Seabass of WNWS is our guest today. We'll talk Vanderbilt football, so let's get right to that. Seabass joins us. He, of course... is in talk radio at WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. My friend, how are you today? Oh, man, you know, I'm great.
0: I'm great, Chris. I feel liberated. You do. I feel liberated. I do. I feel liberated, my friend. Uh, There's nothing like having pressure taken off of you and a weight lifted off of your shoulders. That's how I feel.
1: Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but let's get to the burning question: What is it like being born on September the 11th?
0: Man, uh, up until 2001, it was just another day. Uh, since then, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, it's it's one of those deals where. You know, if somebody asked you what your birthday before that was, it's like, oh, cool. But now when you tell them your birthday, like, oh, oh, it's almost like I feel sorry for it. I'm like, no, it's I'm OK. <laughs> uh, plus, I'm old now. So <laughs> so so it's a little bit different. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's certainly a different birthday. It's one that people once, most people that would be uh, once they know that's your birthday, they don't forget it
1: what was it like that day
0: for me uh you know i was actually off work that day and i was helping a friend deliver he had a produce route in memphis and i was helping him and his wife called and said i come home uh this is literally what she said come home everybody's gonna die you know the the america's under attack you know she didn't know what the situation was uh we didn't know what she was talking about you know, and of course, she's like, you got to come home right now. And, and he knew, you know, because that's not that was not something that she would ever do. Uh, so uh, well, I guess we spent the rest of our day in front of a TV set.
1: That was back before everybody had cell phones, too.
0: No, no, we had cell phones. That was 2001. We had cell phones.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, people had them, but not. I, I think I read something the other day, like 30 something percent of people had them at that time. But and I, I know we're rambling. Yeah. I just. I um, yeah. well, wanted, it, wanted to let very it very be known happy. that our, our man's birthday is this weekend, so I hope our audience will wish you the best. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> now for the rest of the stuff.
2: Yes. Is there some stuff? <laughs> well,
1: there's some stuff. <laughs> there's lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm Clay, sir. Mold me. You were in the building. I actually was not.
0: Yeah, I was sitting up in the bridge, you know, while watching that, whatever that was. (laughs) I'm not sure what that was. But, yes, I was there in attendance. By far, uh, the the, the two best things about that, getting to see my youngin and going to Jenny's. that That was by far the highlight of
1: my trip. When did you have that, oh, no, feeling sink in?
0: Late stage of the second quarter. I mean, because, you know, look, we hit the 50. was a 53-yard field goal, 52, 53-yard field goal. And I thought, okay, well, it's just going to take a minute for them to get things going. You know, they they looked all right out of the gate. And, you know, I thought, like, well, you know, this is this, this first game. I'm not going to judge a lot. But then as the game went on and I started seeing, wait a minute, they're bigger, faster, smarter, more physical, play harder. Uh, I mean, they just—they were literally a better football team. That's a SoCon team that's just an average FCS team, and they came in and they bullied a SEC team, albeit Vanderbilt, an SEC team, around to the tune of a 20-point win. Uh, people have asked me if it's the worst loss in, in team history. I just—I don't see how there's a worse one. I, I really—I really don't given what this team is this, this program was coming to, you know, look, nobody expected this to be an eight win team, but you know, what really sucks Chris is, is if you look at this schedule and you look at some of our opponents and the way that they played in their first weeks, and you start looking and realizing if this team was even an average Mason team, it could win five games, you know, and I, 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 I can't see a win. And that's crazy now. So what about, uh, what about UConn? Hey, what about ETSU? You know, what about well, Colorado State? What about ETSU? Stanford got bullied around by Kansas State. What about ETSU? You know, Mississippi State. What about ETSU? I can't get off that. You know why? We shouldn't. This should be a lesson for everybody. No offense to ETSU. I know what FCS level is. I played it. And... You know, okay, but say, well, Montana beat Washington. South Dakota State, you know, they beat, uh, who Who did they beat? Uh, they beat Colorado, Colorado State. State, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First of all, South Dakota State either plays for national championships or comes close to it. That's a really, really good FCS team. ETSU is just an average one. And we got bullied, bullied. We got intimidated. We could not slow down the pass rush of East Tennessee State University. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we should play Georgia or Florida or any of these teams at this point. Because if you can't stop that, I mean, if you get bullied by that, you don't need to be on the same football field with those type of teams. They will hurt
2: you. They will hurt you.
1: You left early. That's not something you do often.
0: Well, when I said I left early, I left uh, when uh, Vanderbilt was driving inside the red zone, and then there was the pick six that was called back a few yards for, I guess, the excessive celebration, or was it what it was? It was against the call? And as soon as I saw the pass leave his hands, I stood up and started walking the other way because I knew what was coming. I said, "Let's." I was with three of my friends. I said, "Let's get out of here." I, you know. There's nothing, you know, I know how the cow ate the cabbage. There's nothing else I need to see. So did I stay for the final three or four minutes? No. Only time I've ever looked. uh, The only time that I can say that I have ever left before was uh, Chris was a couple of years ago. Uh, Was it the South Carolina game? I want to say it was a South Carolina game at home where South Carolina just ran it up on us, just humiliated us. I mean, I, you know, li- life's too short, man. <laughs> life's just too short for this crap.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's uh, – th- they all run together after a while, so. Um, yeah. I mean,
0: think about what that means. And I said this on my show last night because somebody asked me. Uh, and, and they've all they – all, it's funny. When they talk to me about it this week, it's like they're talking to me like it's, you know – Oh, I'm so sorry. You you know, and and you think, you know, they even mean it. And and, and when I have to say to them, because several people have asked me, is the worst, this is the worst loss that you can remember. Think about the gravity of what that means. It's not asking what Nick Saban's worst loss ever. It's just the worst loss in Vanderbilt football history. Think about what that would mean. If it's even possible that that's true, which it is possible that it's true. Think about the gravity of that. You know, hey, I don't mind getting in there, mixing it up, giving everything I've got. But it looks like they don't know how to play football, and that that right there is the thing I can't get my mind around. You know, and I, I mean, look, I'll tell y'all, everybody, Chris has been saying it. Y'all don't even know. You know, and I try, and I as I try to be as optimistic as and but realistic as, at the same time as I possibly can. And it's what I told Chris the other day. I said, I'm, I, I you know, you're right. I'm totally wrong here. I, I don't see, I, I don't know what the plan is. I mean, you, you switch coordinators, like what a, what was it, Chris, a week into camp? Yeah, I, I think if so. Pointed, and it's somebody so aptly pointed out on the board. So you switch coordinators and that coordinator can scratch no more than a field goal against ETSU. And that's the replacement. Come on. Come on, man. I I, I mean, you should look, let me tell you something. I called Lambeth football. Uh, I was the color commentator for, for Lambeth football. Uh, And they played a team out of Memphis one time in the final year that Lambeth had football and it was shepherd. It wasn't shepherd college. It was like shepherd tech or something like that. And what it was, no kidding, Chris, it was like a videography school, like a, you know, VCR repairs, some kind of crap like that. And they beat them 78 to seven. Lambeth beat them 78 to seven. I think was the final score. I called that game. I'm not sure if the team that I saw Saturday night would have beaten that team.
1: Was this the team that played no, IMG I'm, I'm, Academy?
0: Uh, was it the Bishop Sycamore?
1: <laughs> Yes, Uh, They
0: would roll the doors right now if they played. And I want to come on here, and I want to give you some positive feedback and some good words. But what would be the point in that, Chris? What would be the point? And look, there's nothing I'm going to be able to say that anybody listening to this podcast hadn't thought of or feels the same way. There's no new nuggets, no revelations. You all saw what I saw. It's unacceptable football. It's unacceptable football. And I'm going to tell you something else. Now, I, I, I do like Clark Lee. I really do. And I really want to believe that he's going to get this thing turned around. And, and I've told you this before, Chris. I'm one of those – I was one of those players. If, you, if I need you to get me hyped up about playing football, we're already behind the eight ball anyway. Okay? Because when that helmet snaps, there are no friends across the line of scrimmage. I mean, you play fair. But at the end of that 48 minutes, 60 minutes in college, at the end of the 60 minutes, you have, you have to be able to say, I didn't leave anything on that football field. It may not have worked out, but there was nothing left. I had zero left in the tank when that game was over with. And I can't imagine there's a player on that team that came anywhere near that. I, but, but having said that, you know, Chris – as much as I want to come on here and, 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 and get on a soapbox about self-motivation, at the end of the day, man, sometimes you've got a lot of fire under somebody's ace. you got to do it. you got to – I don't care if it's in your nature. You have to do it. You have to rally people. Somebody has to – if it's a coach, great. If it's a player, wonderful. But somebody – has to do that you can't calm your way out of these things i'm not talking about over rational uh, irrational over exaggerations i'm not talking about that but this is the game of football chris now you can be methodical if you want but you've got to be doing that when you're getting the job done when you are pushing people around at the point of attack but when you are being manhandled on at every single position, by what should be theoretically a completely inferior football team, and there's no response from you, that's a problem. I't care what you're at. I don't care what your demeanor is I do am not interested in that. sometimes you have to take something to another level. you got to do it, and I saw none of that, none of that, and I don't care what coach to say. Uh, or any players. Bottom line is this. You got punked out at your own house by a middle-of-the-road FCS team. And if you think anybody, and and anybody in this fan base that is cool with that, and then tries to lecture and say, well, you just got to (laughs) be, man, you're living in a dream world. You're living in a dead-gum dream world. And if you think it's going to get any better on this course, uh, this particular course, you are out of your mind. So if people need to get their feathers ruffled a little bit, okay, I'm all right with that. If it hurts your feelings a little bit, I'm okay with that too. But here's what I know. I am not somebody who's been a Vanderbilt fan for five years or when James Franklin came around. And I know we as Vanderbilt fans like to talk about the level, you know, the years of misery that we've had as if it's a badge of honor. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm sick of it. Sick of it. 48 years going on 49. No more excuses, none. You either want it or you don't. And if you don't, that's cool, but I'm not going to be part of it anymore. You show me that you give a damn, you get out there and leave nothing else out there as a coach or a player, and I'll be there. I'll be there. And if the results ain't what we want, but you gave it everything that you had and you laid it out on the line and you exhausted every... I mean, did you see see anything like... uh, uh, did you see any jet sweeps? I didn't. How many screens did you see? Yeah, yeah, I mean, did you pull out every stop because you couldn't block anybody? You couldn't block an FCS defensive lineman. Come on, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I know I'm rattling a little bit, but Chris, I'm tired of the excuses. All I want to see now is get it done or don't. You know, give it everything that you have or don't. I'm gonna be fine with it either way. But the only way I'm sticking around is if I see that from that program and from that school, anything less. And I'll go find somebody else to watch on Saturdays because college football is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be something we relish that we love. We are already done, Chris, and it's September the 8th and we're already finished. Our season is already complete trash. We have a brand new coach and our season is already over. Now you can say, well, they could rebound. Let me ask you if you're listening to this podcast based upon what you saw, and please let me be wrong because I'll be the first person next week saying, thank you, God, y'all finally figured something out. You know, and I ain't talking about winning in Fort Collins. If we can, that's great. But I'm talking about one more time, laying it on the line, leaving nothing else out there and every drop out of your body. If you can't do that, if we sitting there walk around your hands on your hips, manhandled at every single position of the game, then I got nothing. I got no more time for that. I got no more time for that. crap, Chris. There's too many options out there, and I'm tired of watching everybody else have a lot of fun on Saturdays while we, the the, the for some reason in life where the lot was cast and we decided to be Vanderbilt football fans, get the same crap every Saturday. I'm tired of it, and I'm not putting up with it anymore. It's that simple.
1: This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Did it feel to you like we were watching Carl Durrell? in 2014 again
0: man it, it, it felt like <laughs> yeah yeah maybe a little bit i think the difference here was i thought to myself man you know after these last what was Mason? was it seven years six seven years all right maybe we get a little reprieve here and we're not playing South Carolina in week number one. So we can get a win, feel good about ourselves. You know, we can mix some things up. You know, we can, we can assert ourselves on on the line of scrimmage and, and, and show a running game that, that people have to fear. And right now, There's not a college team in America that would fear playing that team right now. Not even a. Based on four quarters of football, and listen, hey fellas on the team, coaches, if you're listening, put me. Hey, I don't. I I, look. Nobody wants you to win more than
2: I do. Nobody. But I'm calling you out, man.
0: You 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 have to do something better than this. This is completely unacceptable. Did I feel like I was watching Carl Drowell's offense?
2: I don't think it was that good. I don't think it was.
0: I don't, I don't think it was that good. You know. What, let me ask you this: What do you think? What do you think ETSU is going to do this year? ST. I
1: I don't know. I, I don't think they're South Dakota State. No. I mean, the, no, you look. You look at their schedule last year in the spring. I mean, they were. They were. I think they were four and two, but like every game was within a touchdown, and and they were playing just okay teams. I mean, sometimes it takes off as you get more experience. I'm sure this game is going to give them more confidence, but I don't think that's a. And and I mean, we're splitting hairs here anyway. I don't think that's a playoff FCS team. Do you? No, and 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 didn't 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 Mason
0: play ETSU just a couple of years ago? Beat him what thirty eight to nothing wore them out, wore them out. That's almost a 60-point swing. And Mason was the coach. Think about that for a second, Chris. That's why people are telling you this is how, that's how drastic a loss this was. You know, I mean, and don't give me this first-time coach excuse. I'm not listening to that. I'm just not listening to that. That man knows that game. That man knows more about football than I will ever know. Forgotten it ten times over. He's a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and quite a successful one, man. But I I, I need answers. I, I mean, that's why you know what? Well, I watched the game in four columns on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it for one with with with. By the way, zero expectations of a victory, and if we get it, awesome. So I was wrong. I want to be wrong, but I have to see. I, th- to me, this is going to sound really stupid to you, Chris. This is the most important game for me
2: since the Franklin era. And here's why.
0: If they don't, if I see what I saw last week, if that same product hits the field 60 minutes later, I'm, I, I just, Chris, I know you think I'm kidding, but I just can't do it anymore. I can't. I, I, there's no reason to. I didn't go to Vanderbilt and play there. My kids don't go there, but I guarantee I've spent a hundred grand in my life on that school, going to games, traveling uh, tickets, you know, food, mu- food, all, all these other things. Uh, I, I've, I've, I don't know what else to do. I don't want to be miserable every time college football comes around. I don't want to, I, I don't want to watch a football team that can't put one foot in front of the other that plays with zero passion. I can't do it. So if they show me, that they have those things, that they're just in a transition and it's going to be okay, that they are willing to fight to go above and beyond, then I, can, then I can get down with that, and I'll be back. I'll be back for the next game and the game after that. Show me something like you showed me on last Saturday night, and you can keep it to yourself. You can have it for yourself. I want nothing to do with it.
1: I don't think I don't think well. that's an extreme take, and I will tell you why. Okay, to me, what happens in Fort Collins is not about winning and losing. And by the way, I'm I'm concerned about the arrival time. I I think people know this. My in-laws live 20 minutes from that stadium, and every time I go out there, I'm not, I'm not in awful shape. I'm not in the shape I used to be in. Um. But when I go out there, I, I used to try to run some. I, I don't have as much a chance anymore. I, I'd run I could run three or four miles here, no problem, you know, chugging off eight-minute miles. And I'd go out there, and I mean, after about a mile the first day, I was just sucking wind. Um, I'll go out there now. I'm not in that kind of shape now, but sometimes the first day, my in-laws have a large staircase coming out of their basement. And by the time I get to the top of the stairs, I'm a little bit winded. Now, that doesn't bother me here. But after about 24 hours, that stuff starts to calm down a little bit. Now, I'm sure they've got their reasons, right? I'm sure they've got their reasons. I'm sure he's done his research. Clark, say what you want to say about Clark. But Clark, I I don't think, leaves a lot of stuff to chance. Um, No, your conclusions and his may, may differ. But, you know, maybe they know something I don't. But. That's my experience. I'm I'm worried about that for them, first of all. Um, I think that, to me, again, it's not about winning and losing. It is about, are you willing to do something different? Uh, are you going to do something about your blocking schemes? Are you going to do something about trying to get the ball over the middle of the field? Again, I wasn't there, but people who were, and you can pick up things live that you can't on TV. So the middle of the field was wide open. Um, I'll just take them at their word. You know, they're throwing these – the reason I made the Durrell comment was because they're throwing these high, low-percentage, high-risk passes where you're throwing the ball, you know, sometimes 40 yards across the field to gain 10. Maybe, maybe I'm – maybe that didn't happen as much as, as I thought. It The game, to be honest, became a blur at some point. It, it became – you know when you're watching a game and things are going wrong, when you know it is not about what is going on with the play-calling stuff anymore. When you're watching an absolute freaking disaster, which in my opinion, that's the worst loss in the history of the program. When you're watching that, you know whatever's going on. It's not about the X's and O's. It's something deeper than that. Uh, that is right almost all the time. And of course, you know the the offensive coordinator thing. When you're when you're changing that, you know, in in fall camp, something is going horribly wrong. And again, that wasn't hard to see. And 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 by the way, I I say this, I'm rambling, and I'm not trying to bash Clark Lee because I like the guy, and I'm I'm not going to say he can't succeed. But I did not like what I heard from him this morning in terms of we're going to continue to rotate quarterbacks. Um, I, I it doesn't seem to me like they have taken a lot of blame as a staff. Um, outside of getting rid of a coordinator, um, you know I don't think the players are comfortable in the blocking schemes. To to me, if they go up there, it's not about winning or losing so much, is it? Is what is their approach? Does it look different? Are they competitive? And if you lose that game by field goal, fine. Everybody coming into the season had factored in some improvement and still looked at it and said, that's probably a toss-up game with Colorado State. So to me, if if they lose that game and it's competitive, that that to me is not problematic. If they go up there and get their doors blown off and, and he's standing on the sidelines and the team is emotionless and it all looks the same as last week, that's a bad sign. And th- that's why I don't think what you're saying is – is out of line that's how i'd feel too
0: yeah i mean I, honestly i don't know how anybody could feel any different you know i'll be pulling for you on friday on saturday night i'm there but you have to give me a reason to continue to go through this i mean i've re, been rebuilding for half a century you know <laughs> i mean I, I i get it i know what it is but I, it had there has to be effort i mean even you know look. It, I can live with a four and eight season if you're out there busting it, you know, but what I saw was emotionless football. It was, there was no plan against what should be the worst opponent on our schedule. I mean, maybe, maybe Yukon's worse. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, But I, I look, I fellas, I love you guys, but I I just need to see something different Saturday. And just like Chris said, this is not about winning in Fort Collins. It's about showing me a plan and showing me that you're willing to do whatever it takes to implement it. Because anything that looks remotely like Saturday night will lose me for the season for sure.
1: Let's go to the mailbag because there's a lot of stuff there to get to.
0: Yeah, because i got to bounce anyway, so let's do this.
1: All right, the mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Chester Copperpot wants to know how upset you were Saturday night.
0: Unfortunately, I was disgusted for two minutes. And after that, never decided, decided not to get, not get upset. And that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing here. And I told Chris that. It'd be much better if I was so PO'd, I couldn't watch TV, and I was pissed off, and, and I was mad at everybody. I would much better be there. But an effort like that's not even worth the, 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 you know, it's not even worth the angst. It's not even worth the anger. Uh, so, disgusted Chester, by the way, love that name. Always enjoy his post. Uh, I, it was so bad that I wasn't even mad,
2: if that makes sense.
1: Musa asks, Ford, you and me, give us some sort of hope as to why I shouldn't just quit all ties with Vandy Athletics and finding a university to root for. Other than baseball, I can't find much reason to root for this athletic department anymore.
0: I, I can't give you that. I can't give you that because I think many of us are struggling with that right now. You know, the only thing that I would say to you is I think that Coach Stackhouse, from a recruiting standpoint, has placed an emphasis on it uh, lately and and the talent level is starting to come in there. And look, I don't question Coach Stack for the most part as a head coach. There's a basketball coach. I, I think that he can do that. I, I think that it's taken him a little time to get the recruiting aspect of uh, and the importance of it going. And I think he started to realize that and I, I think you're going to see improved basketball play over, over the course of that. Um, as far, and I'm just, I mentioned in him as far as pulling for the athletic department, as far as football goes, uh, man, you know, I, I, it's it's just, just the greatest game ever invented. And I, and Chris, it hurts my heart to watch, or turn my TV on and see these other stadiums. And I don't need 85,000. Chris, I swear I don't. I can take 35,000 unified black and gold fans in there rooting and screaming and telling UT fans to get the heck out of their house uh, like we did a couple of years ago uh, and just physically beat people down. That's the greatest feeling in the world, you know, and if Vanderbilt's not interested in that. You know, I I mean, that's why all this is so critical. You know, that's why, I mean, I'm not underselling the importance of this game. You know, I I think I finally have a chancellor who, who does care. And I'm I'm hoping that these people below him are not doing this just for, you know, self-preservation, that there's truly a new attitude and things are honestly changing on the West End. But I have to see it. I have to see it. And I know Clark Lee has more skin in the game than I ever played there. He has sweat equity in the game. I get that. Of course, I know it means something to him. You know, and he's not going to be irrational like some people might say that I'm being on this podcast. I don't care if you feel that way, but, you know, I mean, you know, I feel I've put in enough time that I got the right to say these, these things, you know. This is not somebody on the outside looking in. I'm there most weeks when I can be, and I've been dedicated to this program when people have laughed at me on the air, off the air, all my life, you know. So I don't feel guilty for demanding these things out of this university and this program and the people in it. And I can't find the words to tell you why you should stay around because I mean I'm, I'm struggling with that myself right now. I just right now honestly I just want to I just want to put my hands up and say Hook'em horns and pull from my old home state and see if Sarkeesian can do it and get at least get some entertainment out of Saturday and enjoy it knowing that I have a chance that I have a, a ton of people on my side that feel the same way that I do. Um, so I would love to tell you that. But it's hard for me to do that right now. But what I will say to you is this. Check back with me next week on the podcast, and if I saw a change, if I saw the efforts, then, then I can come up with you for a list on why I think you should stay a Commodore fan. That's what I got.
1: Tell me if I'm wrong, because I stay off social media for good stretches at a time and, and try not to get in the middle of it. I, I don't tweet a lot. I almost never tweet during games anymore. But... It seems to me like this has gone from, I think people feel so sorry for them to the point that they don't even pile on to to Vanderbilt fans for losing. In other words, like if if you lost this game the year after James Franklin was there, Vanderbilt fans fans would have heard about it, right? I I get the sense that, that, like, fan bases, even at rival schools, don't even bother to troll. Vanderbilt fans anymore it's just gotten to that point I mean you you don't want to go through that in the moment but it's almost like wait a minute um as long as people are bothering uh, to to poke back a little bit and poke some fun I think you at least feel like your team matters but I don't get the sense that people even I I feel like people feel so sorry for them that Vanderbilt fans don't have to put up with that anymore is that does that make sense is that right yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, there's still people on social media that's gonna twist a knife when they can. But collectively, no, no. And, and one of the main reasons is because most people are just not gonna bother fighting back now. Because what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? What would you say? Let's say if I was a, I'm not gonna say if I was a Tennessee fan. I just can't do that. Let's just say if I was a, an Ole Miss fan and I'm twisting a knife. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say to me in return? <laughs> I have a higher GPA. I mean, what? What? Come on. Football related, what are you gonna say? Nothing. There's nothing you can not say.
1: I, I still hear a little bit out of the, some of the alums.
0: You know, I, I mean, look, I mean, look, they can say whatever they want, but it's usually it usually it goes back to academics or baseball. I mean, you can't. I, what are you gonna say? Football was. What? Yeah, I'm, I, honestly, I'm asking. Uh, be cre- being creative. Tell me something. What can I say?
1: Be, there's not, me, there's I'll nothing to say. I mean, you can, you could have played the, you could have played that we've got a, a great young coach and we're on the way up and the admin is committed to things card before Saturday. But I think right now, uh, the jury's out on all that.
0: Right, you can say what you'll work, work for me one day. Well, that's
2: great, but these are football fans. Nobody cares about that.
1: Ann door asks, can we agree that FCS teams shouldn't beat FBS teams, but six FCS teams, one last week, and one of the FBS teams Washington was ranked? How do you explain this for the teams that played in the spring? How much of an advantage was this over teams that hadn't played in nine months?
0: Uh, Well, the FCS thing, it it, it depends on who you're talking about. Like, an FCS team like... mm, Indy State, yeah, they can beat many, many FBS teams. And it's not a shock and it's not really an upset. They're better. You know, the more established. You know, if I see James Madison beating somebody, you know, beating like an East Carolina, there's no reason for me to be surprised about that. They're they're every bit as good. But we're talking about ETSU. And again, that's not a slight on them, but they haven't exactly been lighting it. This is not Sam Houston State. You know, it's ETSU, you know, and Montana's been good. Not as good as they have been in the past, but they've, they've been good. I mean, they're not supposed to be beating Washington. I fully grant you that. And I know that a Huskies fan is going to be awfully ticked, but you know what I also know a Huskies fan is going to rebound because their program is going to rebound.
2: I don't know that mine will.
1: Dorking asks, and I'm really interested to hear your opinion here, and this was the case before the game, I wanted you to, to take a look at this and get your trained eye because you played defensive line on the college level. Dorking asks, what's going on with the offensive line? The
0: offensive line Chris. Chris,
1: oh, that's right. That's right. Um, what's going on with the offensive line? Are we severely limited by talent? Are we just having problems with the scheme or coaching? Can it be fixed this year? It's,
0: it's, I mean, I, I, wanna, I would love to, you know, I know a lot of people would tell you that, that this uh, that this program misses Ross, Ross you know, and, and, and I look, it's, it's way too early for me to make a determination if, the, if that's true. After one game, you certainly take a look at that. But my problem is, you could say, oh yeah, well that, that would be the fix, but I've got players that have been in this program for a minute now and they don't look any better than they did three years ago.
2: I don't have to say the names of those people. You know who they are. They, they don't look any better. The, the, it, the deficiencies
0: they had are the same ones they have now. And I just don't know how a player doesn't develop. over When you put that much work in and you've had that much time and you've logged that much game experience, you don't look any better than when you first started. And how is... How is and and how how are we so physically overmatched? You know, I understand that there's a look. There's different types of offensive line. There's different types of frames. You know, uh, look. Are we going to get six, seven, 330 pound road graders? Probably not. You know, there's not a lot of reason for them to come to Vanderbilt. You know, there's really not. But I mean, like, look, this this last class. Now this last class of offensive linemen, some pretty good looking ones, some big physical offensive linemen, you know, pushing three bills before they even get on campus. To me, these days, I think that the the college game, even though we spread things out a little bit more. it's amazing to me how we physically get pushed around, regardless of the offensive scheme that we're, regardless of the scheme uh, defensively that we're facing on both sides of the ball. We get pushed around everywhere we go. Doesn't matter who we're playing. Doesn't matter what the scheme is. And, you know, so we talk about coaching, but I start have to start questioning what, the strength and conditioning program to me, I mean, I just, why do we get pushed around by teams that have no business pushing us around? Just none. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, the, it's the lack of development. Tell me, tell you what, do me a favor. Tell me the offensive lineman on that team that has been a part of that rotation for two years or better, that is definitely better than they were.
1: Uh, boy, I mean, I, I can't.
0: There isn't one. That's the point. It's, I get it. If one doesn't, you know, sometimes the the numbers just say that's going to, that's going to happen.
2: None of them are. That is, that is,
0: that is, and that cannot be all on the player. I'm sorry. It can't be. And I know this is a brand new coach staff and I get all that, but I mean, they don't look any different than when they first started playing. That's a problem. By the time a, a freshman lineman or sophomore lineman starts getting their first, first first, bit of playing time and is out there, think about this for a second. By the time they're juniors, they should have had so many entrenched battles. They've seen it all, they've done it all. Uh, they've gotten bigger, they've gotten stronger, and, 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 and they're loaded down with game experience but they look like a line a bunch of linemen who are playing for the very first time you know where where's the co? you know you've got guys who played beside each other uh that i mean there's no <laughs> it looks just like a, a like you're at a camp and some drill with guys you've never played with before you know i, I don't know man i know it sounds harsh man but I mean, I'm, player development to me is everything. You've heard me say that for years. I'm all about player development. And along that offensive line, I see zero player development. That's a problem.
1: When I watched fall camp, they got manhandled by their front four. They couldn't block a, a twist or a stunt or anything like that. And when <laughs> – and I don't mean to knock the kid, he's a fine player, but when Davion Davis is looking like Aaron Donald in spells, you're like, hey, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) There might be an issue here. But I want to ask you something, okay? Because with Franklin, they turned it around pretty quickly. And and the the trenches, that got better fast. So on one hand, I'm going – I've seen it done once, right? Because they didn't scare anybody on the offensive or the defensive line when he, yeah, the year before he got here. When he got here, they became respectable on the defensive line immediately. Not great, but respectable immediately. Immediately. So, look, I know the horror stories from last year: Um, the the school not giving them enough from a nutrition and standpoint, the having to do two shifts because there's not enough room in the weight room. Um, you know, the, the parents buying food for kids in fall camp because the nutrition that the school provided was that bad. I mean, all that stuff that they were going through this time, 12 or 13 months ago, we know that. So I, I don't know, is it, what's the difference here? Um, it, was Franklin just that much better? Is it even when you come from the point, cause like these, these guys don't grow to 310 pounds overnight, right? They don't. They don't Agreed. get four hundred pound benches, um, in a couple of months. So there's, there's some lead up to this that I'm like, okay, maybe I can make the case that it was just too big of a hill to climb. Uh, but but maybe not. I don't know. I'm asking you because I, I would I would tend to side with what I just said, if not having seen Franklin's team go through that. Frankly, that was ten years ago. I don't know if the I'm I'm sure whatever they had in terms of nutrition and strength wasn't great compared to everybody else because it's Vandy and they're never going to do that. And they certainly weren't then. Uh, But, you know, it hit levels last year where the complaining that was coming to me, I'd never heard it in those terms. And so I'm I'm just just perplexed here. How much of this is on coaching and how much of this is on it just how far the school had let this go in the wrong direction,
0: you know. And and the thing about it is, look, I I have not forgotten about the three hundred million dollars and uh, and what seems like a, a, a more uh, a more realistic commitment to athletics. And and, and I'm and I'm happy about that. I, I am. And maybe this is just a matter of of this football program reaping what the school has sown itself. You know, may, maybe that's what's going on here, and maybe it's just going to take a minute. But it's just, I don't know, Chris, and and I think maybe this is just a lot of frustration from literally watching SES bully your team around by 20 points. So, I mean, that's where we're at.
1: Well, look, the people are going to hate me for saying this, so if you if you get mad at things I say, then I would say hit fast forward for two minutes right now. But this is the truth. I've, I've talked to somebody who was really familiar about what they were doing, even with this. And look, three hundred million dollars, all those things. Yeah, should people be excited about that? Sure, that's I mean, a huge improvement. It should be a really good investment for them. But but the truth is, that was I think Turner and his group had eight or nine plans. That was the bare minimum, the one that they're going to do. Uh, so there's that, and and you still don't see priority registration for kids, which I I know gets done at places. I've had faculty members tell me. I have seen kids, I don't know if it's a disability or what the qualifier is, but there are kids there who get priority registration. Vanderbilt has been, um, I don't want to say it's a non-starter, but I I was told that Candace has been very – i don't know if it's anti or resident to push that and then here we are look i mean she's been the ad now for a year and a half um the chancellor's been there now for what uh, a year or more um that is not something that's hard to do because it's already there the, the, the school always likes to keep one foot and how it likes to do stuff uh, and it always likes to tell you that why this is a better way and you're just wrong and all those things but I, I still see even, is, and I do think some things are encouraging, right? They they did make a coaching change. The, the chancellor, I think, does care about sports. All the stuff that they're going to build would be a massive improvement, and I'm not going to deny that for a second. But they still want to keep one foot in the Vanderbilt way, it seems to me.
0: Maybe, but, you know, Chris, I, I think the, the boil over is is from the immediate you know, and I, and I, and I get that. And, and maybe all those things come to fruition and and they certainly help. But for
1: right now, that's not where we are. So, you know, let let me, let me stop you. Let me be clear. What we saw Saturday has nothing to do with that. That, that took on a life of its own. I mean, I shouldn't say nothing. The, The talent level, that's what the school wrought with its own neglect. Right. But even with that, Clark Lee should have been able to pick up the pieces and beat an FCS team. So I, I think people uh, I, I people tend to look at it. I, I think the people that came into the season going, well, they can win six games. I didn't say it on the board, but I'm reading those posts. I'm thinking, these guys are crazy. I mean, what what are you seeing that leads you to believe that? Clark Clark might be a good coach, but he's not a miracle worker. Um That's right. You know, and and now people saying, well, it's all the talent. I'm going, well, wait a minute. There were a lot of kids on that team that had FCS offers and um, you know multiple Division One offers that the, the kids at ETSU didn't have. Um, Vanderbilt's got, what, 20 more scholarships. So th- th- that's not the answer either. It was not all talent. Yes, I mean, the, the way the program atrophied made this possible, but I don't care. They, you, you beat ETSU, no excuses, and that was on coaching.
0: You BDTSU. ETSU, Chris. Uh, I need to wrap the mailbag up because I got to be on the air in a few minutes. So let's go ahead and get the last few questions.
1: Okay, the UNGA says you agree with rotating quarterbacks.
0: I don't. You know, I mean, I agree with certain packages, but, but I mean, I think you have to have your guy. I think you have to have your guy at the end of the day. And if you, you know, and look, Ken Seals is a capable quarterback. He did not play well Saturday. He'd tell you that, but he's a capable quarterback. You know, but they, I think they need to get, you know, you certainly keep those packages in there, but you make a decision with who your guy is and you go with it. It's had a whole fall camp to beat him.
1: Okay, last one. The UNGA says, what was Ross Amando doing differently with the offensive line that made their performance better than the Blazik coached offensive line? Now I know this. They have gone from a more heads-up blocking scheme to a heads-down drive blocking scheme. I think that makes it tougher to pick up stunts and things they're having issues with. But again, you played the position. I want to hear what you thought when you watched the line of scrimmage in terms of where has it gone wrong with the coaching. Uh, Because to me, that that to me is the biggest issue on the team right now. Offensive line dysfunction is really dictating, I think, almost everything on offense.
0: Well, I I think so. But see, the problem is it's going to be hard – it's going to be hard to get much of an idea from this very first game because, as you saw, it didn't take long for ETSU to load that box up and said, we don't fear you, uh, your, your passing game. We're going to load this thing up, and you're never going to go anywhere. And so a lot of times the numbers, there was an unbalance as, as far as the numbers go, but nobody was winning one-on-one. Okay, just execution, uh, really. But, you know, I mean, in Ross last year, we went 0-9. You know, so there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of execution, to be honest with you. I need more. I need to see more. Based on one, they just overloaded the, the boxes and Dared Vanderbilt at this point. As far as individual, you know, straight ahead or whatever, I, I don't know what they're going to do yet. I need more time on that. I know that's a generic answer, but it's a true one.
1: All right, my man, tell folks where they can follow you on social media, where they can find your shows online. Yeah, you can
0: find me online uh, at, at Twitter, at Two Seats Bass, and you can listen to the show, 101.5 FM, uh, from 6 to 8 p.m., Monday through Friday. Well, I, I shouldn't say Monday through Friday. It's football season, so it's Monday through Thursday. I do high school football on Fridays.
1: So you get Sundays off.
2: Uh, Ish. I do,
0: <laughs> but then i, I got to check it in. as a As a Colts fan, that's a full-time job.
1: That that is true also well my friend thank you for joining us today i know you're on your way to, to work and all that but uh we appreciate your time and hopefully we'll talk to you next week
0: chris and, and again everybody sorry about the soapbox but sometimes you got
1: to say what's on your mind take care my man thank you chris